Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We are all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. Oscar Wilde. Uh, the only time uh, was coming down Glen Pass. Uh, one of the guys in my group, Seabass, uh, was coming down the pass. Me and another guy were already down, and we were just kind of watching everybody make their way down the pass. Um, it's a huge, you know, if you're seeing Glen Pass, it's just huge. And uh, everyone was kind of coming down their own separate ways, and we're watching our one guy and gets to this this patch that's like it's it's a little later in the day, it's like noon, so things are kind of starting to melt in this one little three foot patch was just ice and you had to step over it and he just slipped on it and started tumbling down Glen Pass and just be, just standing there and watching him and not being able to do anything and then like just watching him motionless while we you know try to get to him was just probably one of the scariest craziest like what the hell are we doing we are out here moments I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and Renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck.
Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a long trail hiker who hails from Florida. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Mike Stone. How's it going, Mike? Excellent. How are you, Doc? Fantastic. Now you are phoning in from Florida. So uh, it's, it's a little bit later in the evening over there than, than here on the West Coast. How, how was the day today in Florida? What was the weather like? Uh, it was actually perfect. We actually had frost overnight, which is pretty rare down here, but then it got all the way up to 70 degrees today. So a beautiful day. Okay. Not too different from, uh, from where we are in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, you notice if you're watching this on YouTube, I've got my puffy jacket on. That's, just not, that's not because I'm outside recording this. It's because we don't turn on the heat in our house and we're, yeah. we're able to get away with that. But occasionally I get a little chill in me. So I got I to gotta wear the puffy. Thing, man. We get, we only get like three days a year. We get to wear our uh, warm clothes. So we take advantage. All right. Hey, in all of your hiking, cause I've, I've looked at your resume, you've got some serious miles in all of your hiking. Have you picked up a trail name? I have. Yeah. It's uh, snazzy. Snazzy. I like the sound yeah. of that. Yeah, it just kind of rolls off, rolls off the tongue. Snazzy. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. I I'm uh, proud of that one and I haven't heard anyone else with it. So it's a good one. You are unique. You have to tell us the story behind the trail name. How'd you get snazzy? Um, man, it was like three or four days into the PCT and, uh, just crossed paths with this couple for the last, you know, the first few days or whatever. And he's like, you know, you got the snazziest shorts I've seen so far. And I was like, you know what, I'll take it before I, you know, do something stupid. So <laughs> snazzy stuck. And then, I don't know, I just kind of maintain a uh, cleanly look while I'm out there. I'm not uh, complete trash looking while I'm out there. So snazzy still kind of fits. Okay. You keep keeping up that personal grooming, keeping up appearances. Yeah. 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 I talked to Derek Lugo uh, a couple of weeks back and he is the unlikely through hiker. He made a, he wrote a book, New York city boy went down to, to Georgia and hiked the AT, you know, with basically no experience whatsoever. And then wrote a, wrote a story, wrote a book about it. And his trail name is Mr. Fabulous. And it was all based on his, his personal grooming habits. He he refused to let the trail beat down his appearance. So it sounds (laughs) like you are of of a similar vein. I don't know if I could uh, live up to his standards, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I maintain a pretty clean look. Nice. And those snazzy shorts, you have to give us, you know, a description of those snazzy shorts. What, what was the brand? What did uh, they look like? These particular ones were uh, a brand of, it was Patagonia. They're, um, oh man, I can't remember what they're called, but it was just a Patagonia short shorts that I had even like shortened even more. So they were like, you know, five inch inseam or whatever. So, uh, and then I just maintained getting more, more and more snazzy shorts as the trails progressed. So. Nice. Now that five, five inch short shorts, that, that's a bold <laughs> choice, my friend. Yeah. What, man. What's the attraction there? Uh, get that sun, get the sun on the legs. <laughs> <laughs> I, there are parts of my legs that have never seen the sun. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty much the only time they see the sun. Everyone that everyone out there has got to deal with it. So I apologize. <laughs> All right. Hey, have you ever, uh, Actually, before I ask this question, I'm going to go back to your trail name, Snazzy. What, it's a great trail name. What, what are some of the more unfortunate trail names? And I asked that because you said you, you, you grabbed onto Snazzy before something else happened and you got stuck yeah. with something that maybe wasn't so appealing. 
What, uh, what, what kinds of, of, of just unfortunate trail names have you run into out there on the trail? Well, the uh, one that really stands out first was on the PCT. I never actually got to meet her, but uh, her name was Edward Shitterhands. And, you know, I'm, the name pretty much tells you the story on how she got it. But it's, you know, before you do something like that, you know, it's, uh, it's good to just get a, get a good one. The long trail hiking community is such a small world. I had a, I had a former guest on who told me about uh, Edward Shitterhands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're not the first one to mention that name yeah. on the podcast. So that, like that's honestly a great name, but you know, I don't want to get it like that. Yeah. And you, you want to make sure that she introduces herself with her trail name before you shake hands with her. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an elbow bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Snazzy, have you listened to the podcast at all before? Uh, yeah, yeah. You've uh, you've interviewed quite a few of my my trail brothers and a couple of other interesting people. So, yeah, I've listened to quite a few episodes. Oh, really? Drop some names here. Who who have I interviewed that, uh, that you, you've uh, hiked with? Well, I finished the trail with Beats and Ivy Tat on the PCT. Nice. And then, um, uh, dang, I can't remember any other ones. But, I mean, Jupiter, I like Jupiter, Elena mm-hmm. Osborne. Uh, her videos are awesome. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other inches. I just listened to the Quadzilla one the other day. That was a good one. Yeah, thank uh, you, man. I can't remember. I've listened to quite a few. Yeah. You just rattling them off there. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> thank you. Loyal yeah. listener. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A beats and, and Ivy tad. I mean, what a pair to finish the PCT with. That's oh, incredible. Man. It was great. Yeah. Those are a couple of great guys. Yeah. Yeah, they were both really fun to talk to. Um, Ivy Tat, I've had him on a couple of times, and his his most recent episode, I think he during that episode he kind of talked about. Um, I don't I don't know if he was a little bit uh, reflective or what was going on, but he was kind of talking about how his reputation. People think he's this, this rough and tumble, rough guy, and uh, uh, yeah. his reputation precedes him, and he he was trying to dispel that myth. Uh, but he, uh, yeah. he is really a, a, a just a, a great soul and uh, he's very very direct but a lot of fun to talk to and oh, beats, yeah. beats was was I, I wasn't sure what to expect with beats and he he just knocked it out of the park yeah. he was a lot of fun as well yeah they're both both great guys yeah beats is beats is quite the character he is and uh, yeah Ivy Tad is just you know super talented photographer and uh, just I mean he's just a super down-to-earth guy I mean he's not He's not this rough, crazy guy that everyone thinks he is on YouTube. Yeah. And now that he's off trail, I've been following his, his Instagram account and he's posting all kinds of animal pictures. It's all birds yeah. and, and his dog yeah, these right. days. Getting some real close up shots. Ruff, Good stuff. Roscoe P. Waggletails or whatever. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Roscoe P. Waggletails. All right. Hey, I asked only, I asked if you listen to the podcast because I want to make sure that you're aware of a segment towards the end called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. That's where I will yeah. turn to you. And I'll say, Snazzy, what can you, what bit of trail wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? Uh, I expect you to drop trail wisdom all throughout the episode, but but that doesn't get you off the hook of pre- okay. uh, presenting that that one last one at the end. So be ready for that. I'll uh, I'll try to get something good in mind. Okay. Hey, you're also probably familiar with another segment we do called the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Outdoor Vitals. But uh, for maybe for those listeners who are tuning in for the first time, let me just share how it works. 
If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. Snazzy, what is your must bring piece of gear out there? Uh, you know, I thought about this and I think I would have to stick with my tent. Uh, it's just been on every trail with me and it's reliable, easy to set up. Uh, that's my MSR Hubba NX1. It's just the one person tent. Uh, just a solid, solid tent. And I love, love having it with me. Okay. What is it? Is that an ultralight tent? How, what's the weight no, on that no, thing? Not really. Not at all. No, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's not a heavy tent. I mean, it's probably a pound and a half all packed up, but uh, it's still worth it to me. You know, I can, I can literally set it up anywhere and uh, doesn't leak, you know, then that's good. I like being dry and, and uh, safe. <laughs> Now you've got a couple of long trails under your belt. What was your, your base weight on those two hikes? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not an ultra lighter. I do try to be light, but I also like having my comfort things too. So, uh, I think I was around 15 on the AT and probably a little bit more on the, on the PCT. I was probably closer to 20 when I started the PCT just cause it was my first through hike, my first really long through hike. And then you know, it got lighter as the, throughout the trail, but yeah, I'd probably say close to 20 when I started. So you did the AT or this, or the CDT first? Uh, the PCT. I did the PCT. PCT. First. Sorry. PCT. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Got it. PCT a little bit heavier. And then you, you dialed in a little, dialed it in a little better for the, for the AT. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But you do recognize that there is a balance between uh, weight and comfort. And that, uh, yeah. uh, if you try and go really ultra light, if you're one of those guys that tries to go out there with, you know, six or seven pound base weight, I mean, you are definitely sacrificing some, some camp comfort. I mean, that, you know, those guys are usually fine with sleeping under a tent or, uh, you know, a lightweight tarp and, uh, you know, a foam sleeping pad. So, and that's fine. You know, it, it, different strokes for different folks. So, uh, to me, I like, like being in my tent and having a nice blow up pad and a pillow and, you know nice place to sleep at night. Now, do you bring, bring along a, a luxury item that you don't see too many other people out there on the long trails bringing? Um, not really. I mean, honestly, I, I do, I don't bring a lot of extra stuff, but I would say my, my sleeping pad and my pillow are, are heavier things. Uh, just because it's the same sleeping pad I've always had, I haven't upgraded it because nothing's wrong with it. So Next time I buy one, it will be lighter, but uh, until it breaks, I'm not fixing it. So, right. And is that an inflatable pad or is that? Yeah. A, yeah. A, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just a Cedar Summit inflatable mattress mm -hmm. nice. and pillow. Yeah. I found that I can't do without the pillow. I tried the stuff sack with, with clothes in it and it's just, it's not the same. No, nah, it doesn't work and it stinks. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's right. Yeah. You're like, I can't smell this all night. All right. Hey, you're probably all also familiar with the, the, our next segment called the hiking pole and it's P O L L not P O L E. It's a nice little clever play on words that I'm very proud of there. I make sure to explain <laughs> it every episode. Yes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I've got six questions for you and this is right. going to help. This is going to help me come up with a, a, uh, a crazy score for you on a scale from one to a hundred with 100 being completely sane, nothing wrong with you whatsoever. And one being you're just absolutely bonkers. So Perfect. I'm ready. Ready for this? Okay, here we go. First question. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? I am a trekking pole guy. And my, knees are, uh, my knees are getting old. 
And are trekking poles more useful uh, uphill or downhill or river crossings? Oh, man. For me, I would say downhills. I, I, I almost use them as crutches. Yeah, you save your knees on that downhill, kind of absorb a little bit of the, the shock there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Boots or trail runners? Uh, trail runner guy. From the get-go or did you change midstream? Um, the only uh, time I did have, Ultra had like a high top boot that they sold. Uh, I did try those at the beginning, but then just eventually went to the, the trail runners. But they were basically high top trail runners. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, trail runners from the beginning. Okay. And do you have a, a favorite brand of trail runners? Uh, you know, the, the ultras have always worked for me. So I haven't I haven't branched out and tried anything, anything different. So they work. Yeah, if it works, why change? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I wish they'd last a little longer, but uh, they work. About how many miles can you get on a pair of ultras? Uh, I, I usually got around 500 miles. And, and usually that at that 500 miles, they were pretty ratty. They, they needed replaced pretty bad. <laughs> All right. I think you revealed the answer to this next one already, but I'm going to ask it. Tent, tarp, or hammock? Yeah, tent, I'm definitely a tent guy for sure. Because you don't like the bugs? Uh, yeah, that is one for sure. Like desert in the PCT. I remember seeing a couple gnarly millipede looking bugs with like claws on them. And, you know, I'm just, I'm good. I like, I like having all my things where I know they are and nobody's running off with them at night or whatever. So, yeah. You don't want to share your body heat with some unfortunate reptile or, or creepy crawly. No, I mean, if it's on the other side of my tent, that's fine. But yeah, not right, not right on me for sure. <laughs> All right. Sleeping bag or quilt? Uh, sleeping bag. I definitely want to uh, give a quilt a try. Kind of same thing with my sleeping pad. Like it's 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 still good. So I don't want to replace it. But when I do, I definitely I'll, I'll probably try the quilt quilt game out. You're getting every ounce of use out of these items, right? You're 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 just Absolutely. using using them into the ground. You you are you're a, a man after my own uh, my own soul. Nice. Yeah, I I try to get a lot of use out of them, maintain them, take care of them, and make them last. They're expensive things, you know. You gotta gotta make them last. Do you still have any gear from the 2019 hike? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of gear. Much every every everything's the same. Okay. Everything's the same. Oh, the, the backpack that I used is new, but it's the same pack. They just replaced it for me. What kind of pack? Uh, uh, I use the Osprey Levity 45. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice pack. But I just, I got a tear in it and they just sent me a brand new pack. So nice. Good deal. Yeah. So you take care of your gear and your gear will take care of you. That's, that's kind of, that kind of what I've been going by. Yeah. <laughs> if you were planning on using that for your pro tip, I just ruined it for you. I apologize. <laughs> that's all right. I'll, I'll come up with something. Okay. Now this one really helps me with the crazy category here. Stove, cold soak or stoveless? Uh, stove for sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm a big, I don't like do a lot of time prepping as far as like what's on trail i'll prep food like i do a lot of resupply boxes and i'll dehydrate all my own meals so when i get to camp that dehydrated meal that that warm meal is really what i look forward to okay now you dehydrate your own food yes 
Nice. So yeah. somebody, put, somebody puts a gun to your head, head and says, what you, what's your go-to meal? You can only have one meal the entire trip. What, what are you going to bring? Tacos. It's just like a, it's just like a ground meat mix with a bunch of veggies and some rice and a couple of Taco Bell packets and tortillas. And that's it. You and can, if, act- I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I packed out a block of cheese from town and it's, that's fire. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with tacos. That's, that's no, a can't miss. No. Nice. I could eat that every night. Okay. And our last question in the hiking pool, uh, long trails. Should they be hiked northbound or southbound or some other way? Uh, I would say any way you can get out there and do it. I, I mean, I, I prefer to go northbound, but I've also done a flip-flop. So, I mean, to me, it's as long as you can get out there and do it, that's the best way to do it. All right. Let me do some quick calculation here. Uh, you carry the three, subtract the two. <laughs> Uh, you, you you come out with one of the highest scores ever on the hiking pole. A lot of sane answers, very, very a lot of a lot of sanity surrounding you. I'm gonna give you an 80. I only took off 20 points because you're a long trail hiker, and that's an automatic 20 point deduction. So <laughs> perfect. That's actually probably one of the highest test scores I've ever got. <laughs> <laughs> you tell you tell them that test score. That test score and five bucks will get you a small coffee at Starbucks. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's back up a little bit. Uh, love to hear about your background, uh, where you grew up, what kinds of sports and hobbies you played in, as, as a child or in high school, and how you got involved in the thru-hiking cult, because that's what it is. Any, any organization that convinces you to be, go out on your own for months at a time and sleep in the dirt, got to be a cult. Not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a, it's a different way of living. No, it's, it's one of those good cults. It's a good mm-hmm. um, uh, So, yeah, I was born in Ohio. I uh, grew up in Illinois um, and just kind of lived outside. We just had some woods close to the house, spent a lot of time just hanging out there. And then um, I'd say like once a year, uh, my parents would try to get us out to some sort of national park or park for some some car camping or anything like that. I never did any, you know, overnight hiking or anything like that when I was younger. Um, but uh did mostly basketball and baseball growing up and then uh yeah went to school made it down to florida and here we are been here for 15 16 years now all right what position in baseball uh catcher or third base oh kindred spirits here you wore the tools of ignorance there as a catcher (laughs) yeah it's i've liked suffering for a long time (laughs) baseball as a catcher in baseball it sets you up for through hiking not many people see that connection but there's uh there there's definitely something there yeah yeah no for sure (laughs) i don't know how but (laughs) yeah we'll figure it out we'll we'll work it out now you said you said did you go to school in florida uh no no i went to school in uh champaign illinois okay college yes yes college Got it. Got it. And so how did you end up down in Florida? Um, just kind of worked out that way. My brother had moved down here a few years ago because his wife had had some family down here. And then, uh, I mean, if you've ever been to Illinois, there's not much to do there. So any reason to get out is a good one. <laughs> so Florida looked like a good place to go. And uh, just, yeah, we, me and my wife graduated from college and just packed up our cars and 
never looked back. College sweethearts? Uh, high school, actually. We met. Uh, she was a junior in high school, and I had just graduated high school when we met. Okay. So, yeah, we've been, been together for, oh, man, a long time. Since uh, a long time. <laughs> More than half of our lives. Loyal listeners of the John Freaking Mirror Pod will also remember that uh, that Doc is is a member of a high school sweetheart duo. Oh, nice. So we have a, got a lot of things in common, Snazzy. This is scary. Awesome. <laughs> Does she go hiking with you? Uh, she doesn't like the uh, super long through hikes, but she did do the John Muir Trail with me and Mount Hood Loop and some Oregon Coast Trail. She's she's got some 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 miles on her. Okay. And did you give her a trail name? You know, she never got a trail name. We'll have to, I still have to get her out there some more. All right. Maybe, maybe during tonight's episode, as we tell stories, maybe that's something will come up about, uh, about her out on the trail. We can get her a trail name. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> we'll find something unfortunate that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, what are you doing these days to pay the bills and finance your adventures? Uh, I work in the construction industry. So me and my brother work together, uh, mostly do bathroom remodels, tile flooring, stuff like that. Man, we are in the middle of a bathroom remodel. How come you're not out here in Southern California? <laughs> Man, I wish I was. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about how it all began. Did we, did we get to that point of, of how you ended up on your first overnight hiking? I heard about some car camping, but when did, when did you realize that, that backpacking was a thing, that putting all your gear on your back and going out for days on end, uh, carrying everything you, you needed was, was actually a hobby out there? And how did you get involved with that? Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't uh, find out about it until uh, I think it was 2016 or so. Uh, 2015, me and my wife went out to California to do a road trip. We rented a Volkswagen van and drove up the, the coast with intentions to go to Yosemite and Sequoia. And the van ended up breaking down and we didn't make it there. And the trip ended and we go home and a couple of friends of mine uh, that were getting ready to move out to California, we're talking about doing the John Muir Trail, which is pretty much Yosemite and Sequoia. Mm-hmm. And just like, just, I just got bit by the bug. Like I just started doing all the research on John Muir trail and backpacking and uh, just dove headfirst into it. I mean, I, 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 that's probably the first time I found out about it and, and just dove in. Okay. And that 2015 trip was unsuccessful. When did you, when did you hit the JMT? Uh, well, we tried to get permits uh, 2016. We couldn't get permits. Uh, so we ended up doing a section of the PCT, which is actually the first time I found out about the PCT. Uh, ended up doing the section from uh, just south of Lake Tahoe down to Tuolumne Meadows. Um, and then the next year we tried to get permits again, 2017. Me and my wife got permits, made it out there and got about three or four days in. And there was just too much snow. We we had left uh, June our start date was like June 20th or something. So we were leaving pretty early and there was just too much snow. Like Red's Meadow still wasn't open or uh, not Red's Meadow, whatever. Some of the resupply places weren't still open. So right. we decided to turn around and we went and did a couple other things. And then uh, 2018, 
got permits again and finally able to to get it done. Okay. So over the course of, of uh, three different summers, you were able to knock out all 211 miles? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, that 2017, we made it up to uh, Tuolumne Meadows. Um, and then, so the next year we just went from Tuolumne Meadows, which is obviously easier to get a permit to from there. Mm-hmm. So went from Tuolumne Meadows to, to Whitney. And what were, what were the highlights of, of that particular trip? That's that yet you've done. I mean, that particular trip of Tuolumne Meadows to Whitney, I mean, that's the majority of the trail. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just yeah, left off of, 25, maybe 25 miles from Tuolumne to Happy Isles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was actually kind of nice because we were able that the trip that we didn't get to finish, we went and did Half Dome and did a couple other things in the valley and then ended up going and doing the Mount Hood Loop and some Oregon Coast Trail. So that all worked out. So it was, it was actually really good. And then, uh, yeah, that section from Tuolumne Meadows to, to Whitney is just amazing. It's the best. Yeah. Now, what, any favorite parts uh, along that route? Any any highlights? Oh man, honestly, I think just finishing at Mount Whitney. I think we just both felt like finally we did. Like we finally were able to get out here and actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John, the Muir Trail Ranch uh, was just a really nice like halfway treat. Uh, the hot springs back there across the river, just like they were a nice, nice halfway reward. <laughs> that was probably a really good highlight. Nice. Now what were your favorite, what were some of your, uh, some of your campsites along the way? Where did you, where did you camp the night before Whitney? Oh man, that's been so long, dude. I can't even remember. Um, night before Whitney, honestly, dude, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I have okay. no idea. <laughs> All right. Guitar or Crabtree? Uh, I think it was Crabtree, actually. I don't think we could get to guitar for some reason. Okay. But, but Crabtree sounds familiar. All right. Because I'm and, pretty sure that's where that's where we stayed on the PCT hike too before Whitney, and it was just kind of familiar. Right. Now, which, which friends of yours? How many how many friends did you go with? Was it you and your wife and some friends, or did was that part just you and your wife? Uh, the first when we went out when we just did the PCT section, it was me. Uh, it was my wife and I and my brother. Uh, and they actually both got off at Kennedy Meadows North, and I finished the second half by myself down to Tuolumne Meadows. Uh, and then the the JMT in 2018 was just me and my wife. Okay. Yeah. Right. And how did you two do uh, as as co hikers? And you're out there 24 seven. It could be a little stressful at times. Uh, there's no hiding behind uh, pleasantries, and uh, you know it's not always nice. How, did you guys yeah. survive that? Yeah, honestly, it was great. Um, we had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, there was definitely hard times, you know, hard hiking and, you know, we're new hikers at that point. So we're carrying way more than we should be, and, you know, makes it a little harder, but, uh, honestly, no, we had a great time. We loved setting up camp together at night and cooking dinner and it was, it was great. I wish I could get her out there more with me. Fantastic. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break and we come back. We're going to hear about some of the long trails out there, the PCT and the AT. And we're also going to hear what's next for Snazzy. I think I have an idea. He's already done the PCT and the AT. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. 
Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Mearpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultra light. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place, for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like... My creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Snazzy. I want to apologize for the listeners there. Uh, that last segment, I got a little bit distracted because the the I got some some weird message on the recording software here, and threw me off a little bit. So if I was a little distracted, that's that's what was going on. But we are back, we are focused, and we've got some good stuff here in, in store for us. Here we're talking to Snazzy here in the second half. Uh, before we leave the JMT, I just want to go back just for a second. I know it took you three attempts. You you section hiked it over over three different three different years. Any. There may be some people out there who say, you know what, you should through hike a trail like the John Muir Trail. Uh, any regrets about not being able to do it in one fell swoop? I, too, am a section hiker of the JMT, and I have my own opinions on that, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I would have that would have been the dream to have done it all at once, but it just didn't happen that way. And I mean, we still ended up doing I think it was like 175 miles or something. So mm-hmm. that, that's fine by me. I mean. Was it a true through hike of the John Muir Trail? No, I guess not. But I don't. I whatever. I don't care. That's the spirit. Whatever. I don't care. I'm I'm with you right there. Uh, you you actually put you know trail runner to to trail of you know every mile of that trail eventually, and that's that's what counts. You got out there. You saw yeah. it. You had the same experiences, uh, the same sights, the same vistas. So good for Absolutely. you. Yeah. All right. Now it is it is one thing to hike. 175 miles in the Sierras. 
it is quite a different thing to say, I'm going to hike 2,600 miles from Mexico to Canada. And <laughs> when you were out there doing the JMT, you, you said that you, you, that's when you found out about the PCT. I also like to hear about people and the first time they realize that there is a trail that goes from Mexico to Canada. And that's, a, that's an actual thing. Do you remember, remember your thoughts when you discovered the PCT? Um, yeah, like I said, even that, that year that we went out there, um, before we did the JMT, I don't think I quite grasped that Mexico to Canada thing. You know, I thought it was just, you know, this cool trail in California, you know, I didn't realize how big it was. Um, but once I was done with the JMT, uh, I just, I knew I needed more and then, you know, started looking at the PCT and just knew I had to do it. And what, what did, what did Mrs. Snazzy think about this venture? Uh, she definitely thought it was crazy, but uh, also knew that I wouldn't shut up about it until I got out there and did it. So uh, she, she was, she's been supportive hundred percent of the time. I mean, she's, she's great. Okay. And your brother is also supportive because I, I take it you weren't doing construction while you were out on the trail. I mean, he had to, he had to lose his partner there for a little bit. Yeah, he definitely gets the raw end of the deal on it. I don't think he uh, he likes it, but he also understands, you know, that's what I want to do, and there ain't no time like the present, so. Okay. So 175, very different from 2650. Uh, what, what did you do to prepare yourself? What kind of research and also what kind of, of physical preparation did you undertake prior to leaving for the, the PCT? Yeah, the, the physical part is hard. Uh, there's not much, uh, you know, mountain hiking down here in Florida. So it was a lot of squats and lunges and just walking with my pack, uh, you know, just getting that weight on my feet. Um, that was pretty much it. Just trying to walk as much as I could with weight on. Um, as far as research, um, I didn't really do a lot of research other than like my regular resupply research. Like I just kind of go town to town, figure out where my next town is. And uh, that was pretty much it. I didn't do much as far as like what I was actually going to see on the trail. I just kind of, I just kind of like to experience that, you know, as it happens. Okay. Didn't, didn't watch any, any movies, documentaries or read oh, some yeah. books. Uh, definitely. I mean, always watching Darwin stuff. Um Man, I can't remember who else was out on the PCT that I was watching. Uh, probably Ivy Tat videos, I think. And then, uh, yeah, definitely YouTube videos. But other than that, I uh, I think I did Yogi's book for the PCT and just kind of, you know, flip through things, but mostly just for the resupply. You know, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't really check out the, the views, what was coming up, you know. OK, now what what day did you start? The PCT. Um, PCT was um, May seventh. All right, and you finished. Um, uh, not, not until October twenty fifth. Super late. Okay. Well, that's five and a half months, right? Yeah, yeah. We it was decent time. I think it was like one hundred and seventy some days. Um, but it it took. Uh, like two weeks to do the last hundred miles. So that, that, that sucked. <laughs> that's right. May that's a, that's a late start, isn't it? That is a late start. Yeah, yeah, finish, finishing October. Bit. I mean, you're, you're battling the elements up there in Washington. Holy smokes. Absolutely. 
but you have the benefit of having more footprints in the Sierras and all that too. So there's a little give and take. You're, you're a silver linings kind of guy, aren't you? Uh, definitely. Glass is half full for sure. Nice. <laughs> all right. So here we are. It's 2019. It's the beginning of May. You're getting ready to head out to, uh, to Campo, Mexico. Uh, boy from, from Illinois and now Florida. You know, what, what's running through your head that first night or the night before? The night before you leave, what what kinds of what kinds of thoughts are running through that mind of yours? Um, it's just like I'm getting ready to have the most amazing adventure <laughs> of a lifetime. Like I was just so excited. So no no doubts whatsoever. No no wondering. You know what what am I going to be able to do this? It was just ready to go. No, I was yeah, I was ready to go. I was excited. Okay. And were you doing this on your own? Did you have a buddy go with you or just doing uh, no, this solo? No, yeah. I was, yeah, I was, I was solo for sure. I didn't team up with anybody until uh, Kennedy Meadows uh, South, you know, and then hooked up with uh, uh, five other guys through the Sierras. Actually three of them got off and I only went through most of the Sierras with two other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I pretty much, I hiked, I ended up hiking about 800 miles with um, Butta and Machine. And then I think I hiked the last, um, I don't know, it was like 200 miles with Beats and the last like 100 miles with Ibitat. So solo most of the time. So I remember, I remember talking to Ivy Ted about the finish. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but we, yeah, got, yeah. we, we got to go to that finish because I remember talking to him and how, how insane that finish was that late in the season. And the fact that he was able to, to band up with, he said, I think five or six other guys uh, really were the ones who kept him on the trail. He might, he said he might've quit if he didn't catch, you know, run into you guys and, uh, and finish it with that group. And you just kind of relied on each other to, to make it through. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I, I ran into beats at just, just the right time. Like I had run into him. I can't remember the name of the town, but it was right before we were starting to go into goat rocks. And he was telling me about some storm that was coming in. And I was just like, Oh, whatever. I'm still going out. And we ended up walking out together and it was a nasty storm, just sideways. You couldn't see anything on goat rocks, just, crazy like i couldn't imagine have been being out there by myself so i was really glad that i had met beats when i met him and then i feel like we just went through the worst part of the trails together from that point forward i mean just kept raining and snowing and you know good stuff okay and we're gonna do, we're gonna do the end obviously first because we're already up in washington we're talking about the weather <laughs> and the finish um 2650 miles that's a long way to go what uh I know you, you felt very positive at the beginning, but what were you feeling at the end as the, the end is approaching? I know that as you are going, uh, that, that ending destination is, is so far away from most of the trip. And now you hear you are closing in on it. What, you know, any, any emotions or thoughts run through your head about uh, what, what finishing this trail means to you? Um, it just felt like, a, you know, something I had to finish. I mean, it was, I, I didn't have any doubt in my mind that I was not going to finish until we got to Mazama Winthrop. It's like the last town stop. And they're talking about all these feet of snow that were dropping up there. And 
just like, am I really going to get kicked off the trail here 60 miles to the end? And uh, we just decided to go out and, you know, give it a go and know that we'd have to turn around if we needed to. Uh, but we were all just determined to finish. Um, just, I don't know. I had tons of emotions going through my, like I was so, you know, proud of myself for making it that far. And, uh, you know, proud of my, honestly proud of my wife for being able to just stay home and deal with all the house stuff. And, you know, you know, it's, two people job at home and she's doing it all by herself while sending me resupply boxes and all that stuff too. So I just couldn't believe that I was actually that close to the finish and uh, I don't know, all types of emotions. It's hard to, hard to put into words. Sure. Sure. I I remember calling my wife from the top of Whitney because there's cell service up there and, you know, I'm being totally fine. I mean, totally not emotional at all on top of, on top of Whitney, just, you know, really enjoyed getting up there. But as soon as you start talking to other people back home, it, it, I, I just got all choked up. Couldn't, couldn't hardly get a word out when I'm trying to talk yeah. to her. And she's like, yeah. are you okay? Is this, is this an emergency? And so, <laughs> you know, that's only at the end of, you know, like that was a 125 mile hike for me. I can only right. imagine, you know, what that phone call might sound like after 2,600 miles. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Okay. Now the PCT, uh, we've talked to a number of people who have done the PCT and they, they all seem to agree that it has a, it's, this is a trail with different personalities. It's got very different ecosystems along the way. you got, you start off with the desert and then you're up in the, up in the Sierras, up, up in the mountains. And then following the Sierras, it kind of, kind of flattens out a little bit as you get into Oregon. And that's a much different, uh, environment there. And then the end with, particularly with you, with, with you know, the, the mountains again and the, the snow and the, the worst, the worst weather uh, then at the beginning of the trip, which, yeah. which one of those particular ecosystems did you enjoy the most? Oh man. Um, I, I really love the Sierras. Like that's the place I first fell in love with, you know, the idea of backpacking, you know, just seeing those pictures and videos and all that stuff. And then actually just being able to, to be out there is unreal. The Sierra is just unbelievable. Um, but very close second is Washington. Uh, Washington was definitely, definitely my favorite state. Even half of it was covered with snow. It was still just beautiful. Nice. Now, um, 2019 high snow year. Uh, yes, I, I think believe. It was. I don't know yeah. if it was like, I don't know if it was, you know, any kind of crazy records, but I'm pretty sure it was really high snow. Mm-hmm. And I imagine with you leaving May 5th, May, I'm sorry, May 7th. Yep. Um, what did, when did you hit the Sierras? Usually they, they try not to get into the Sierras, the PCT hikers until like June 15th is the, the magic day to try and yeah. avoid most of the, the high snow. But when did you get there? Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact date we left Kennedy Meadows, um, but it was definitely end of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember going over Mather Pass on July 4th. So it was it was end of June when we left left Kennedy Meadows. Okay. You know, honestly, that year it was a sweet spot. You know, we still had we had tracks in the snow, but then we still had some of the snow bridges that were still intact. And then none of the river crossings were honestly all that crazy we would we would take the time and go up or downstream and find a safe log crossing or something like that where it wasn't flowing as you know as fast so honestly it was it was a perfect time when we went through that particular year i know it changes daily but (laughs) worked out good for us 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, any, any moments of adventure out there where you thought, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into here? Uh, the only time uh, was coming down Glen Pass. Uh, one of the guys in my group, Seabass, uh, was coming down the pass. Me and another guy were already down and we were just kind of watching everybody make their way down the pass. Um, it's a huge, you know, if you've seen Glen Pass, it's just huge. And uh, everyone was kind of coming down their own separate ways. And we're watching our one guy and he gets to this, this patch that's like it's it's a little later in the day. It's like noon, so things are kind of starting to melt. And this one little three foot patch was just ice, and you had to step over it. And he just slipped on it and started tumbling down Glen Pass, and just be, just standing there and watching him and not being able to do anything. And then like just watching him motionless while we you know try to get to him was just probably one of the scariest craziest like what the hell are we doing we are out here moments um he, he ended up being fine you know he bloodied up his face and messed up his hand um but just kind of freaked us all out a little bit and three of the guys ended up getting off and and you know skipping north like this is not what i was <laughs> had in mind so uh yeah that was definitely probably one of the scariest uh, craziest moments i've had on trail now that you mentioned early on about uh, flip-flopping one of the one of the big trails. Did you flip-flop the PCT or was it the AT that you flip-flopped? Yeah, no, that was the AT. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Snazzy, the end of 2,600 miles, been out there five and a half months. What did you learn? What would, what would uh, Canadian border Snazzy whisper into the ear of Mexican border Snazzy? Oh, man. You can do anything. Jeez. <laughs> um, Probably just enjoy it. Like, you know, it's easy to just kind of get in the groove of just doing miles every day and knocking them out. But it's also, you got to make sure you take the time to enjoy the time you have out there. I mean, uh, I would just say maybe slow down a little bit. Not that I was going super fast, but maybe just take in some of the, the sites a little more and spend more time out there. Okay. What was your average mileage? Um, I think it worked out to be in like 13 miles a day. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I did like 20 something zero days. So it wasn't, I wasn't trying to break any records. <laughs> and do you remember your high mileage day? Um, I think I did a 30, it was like a 34 mile day. Somewhere in the desert. It was early on. Early, uh, actually, uh, early on, I, 34 miles yeah. early on. Nice. There was a couple um, in Oregon too that I had a couple thirty mile days too, but I, you know, I wasn't again. I wasn't trying to set any records. I was just out there enjoying it. Two thousand nineteen, I think, was uh, I think that was Chris Carter was out there that year. Uh, I'm not. I'm not familiar with. I, I'm, I'm not sure Chris Carter. Chris Carter goes by the trail name of Rad because he's got it tattooed on his butt cheek. Uh, from his college days and oh, he he uh he made a, a nice little documentary about it that he posted on youtube called to measure a mile so i'm not sure if you've seen oh, that I have, you... I have seen that yeah yeah that's actually that's really good yeah it was really good yes and so i don't know if you know this or not but he actually he didn't hike he didn't hike a long trail last year but he wanted to become a triple crowner this year so he actually did uh the cdt northbound and then 
went over to Katahdin and headed southbound on the 18. He just finished. He got, he got it in before the, the end of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you get back home and your wife says, okay, glad you got that out of your system. And you tell her what? Um, well, I, I think I put a good act on for a while, you know, I just went back to work and did my thing. And, uh, I think I just had to wait, you know, I think I waited probably six months and was just like, you know, I, I think I want to do another. So it was like every year I had been section hiking the Appalachian trail since pretty much 2016. I was going out and doing like a hundred mile section every year. And it was just kind of, it was kind of meant to be like it, it was going to happen so i was like kind of doing the math like if i do 100 miles every year i'm going to be pretty old not old but i'm going to be i'm going to be up there i don't want to do that i want to do it now so uh just made it happen you know that's what i tell mrs doc i said if, if i do if i do 100 miles each summer of the pct i'll, I'll be done in 26 years yeah no problem <laughs> right and yeah. I, don't, I don't want to put words in, in Mrs. Snazzy's mouth. She sounds super supportive over there. And so I'm sure she, she didn't ask you if you got it out of your system or, or maybe, maybe she did. I don't know. But uh, what was her reaction when you told her, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to do the AT as well. Um, I, I think she had an idea it was coming. Uh, she just she knows how crazy I am. Like once I once I set my mind to something, it's that's it. It's it's going to happen. Okay. And did you do anything differently to prepare for the AT? It seems like you, you, you're probably a little more familiar with the AT than you were with the PCT when you started the PCT. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just because I had already hiked the first few hundred miles and I had gone out and done, you know, highlight sections of it before. Um, but yeah, honestly, though, I didn't really do much different. I just kind of did my resupply thing where I figured out the towns I was going to stop in and then just kind of wing it as you go yeah on, on the long trail i mean you you can only plan so much on the resupply points yeah honestly right? the Appalachian trail is easy for that too i mean it, there's so many places that you can get off trail and and stop and get a quick bite or you know a quick resupply it's it's pretty easy to to get on and off a trail on there mm -hmm. now in 2021 did you say you know what i'm going to do a flip-flop of the at or did something happen that caused you to change your your northbound trip into a flip-flop uh you know i had just i had been out on the at in the bubble before on previous section hikes and that's just not really my thing i mean i like i like the social aspect of the hiking but i don't like it that much like there can be a lot of a lot of people in the shelters and the trail towns and everything and the pandemic thing was still going pretty strong so i just kind of was wanting to keep space from people so just decided a flip-flop was, was ideal for me. And then just getting to meet more people, you know, you get to meet all those Northbounders. And then I actually got to see a lot of them again, once I flipped back, flip back up to go North again. So it was, it had, it had its uh, benefits, but it's uh, definitely a way more solitude way of doing it. And first, maybe some of our, our listeners who are newcomers to the hiking world who are tuning in and, and checking this all out. What is, what is a flip-flop besides, uh, so flip besides the thing, you, besides the thing you wear on your feet? Yeah. So a flip-flop is when you start. Uh, well, for me, it was somewhere in the middle. I started in Harper's Ferry and hiked South. And once I got to Springer mountain, flipped back to Harper's Ferry and hiked 
north and finished in the traditional way at Katata. Um, so yeah, it's just basically flipping and flopping the trail, doing it however weather window you have or whatever works for your time that you can go. Okay. And what were the, what were the major differences between the PCT and the AT? Uh, Just the amount of people out there on the AT. Uh, Obviously there's a lot more people, Um, way harder climbing. Uh, The AT is steep. I mean, you're just constantly going up and down and it's, it's rocky and it's difficult and the weather sucks. And (laughs) and the PCT is honestly like a dream. It's like, you're like walking on clouds all day and there's views all day. Most of the climbing is pretty easy, you know, other than, you know, the Sierra passes and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's pretty nice walking compared to the AT. Yeah. For people out there who maybe have not talked to the people that I've talked to or who haven't done a lot of research on the AT, I mean, they might've just heard that statement and thought to themselves, what's he talking about? Because, you know, AT, how high does it get? It's like, you know, what, 4,000 feet, 5,000 feet over, over on, on the PCT, you're, you're going over, you know, 13,000 foot passes. How, how could sure. it be, how could it be tougher climbing on the AT than the PCT? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You wouldn't think it, but it's, it's, it's brutal for sure. That any, any further explanation is, is it just a lack of uh, switchbacks or, you know, what, what makes it so brutal? Um, well, yeah, I mean, there, there definitely is a lack of switchbacks, but it's just, uh, I mean, that's just how that range is. I mean, the, it's just constant up and down. There's no ridges that connect each other to them. Uh, at least until you get to, you know, New Hampshire or something, it's just constant ups and downs. I mean, there's, there's nothing connecting one mountain to the, to the next. So down you go. And for some reason they're like, you know, we should go all the way to the top of the next one too. Not around the side. We'll go all the way to the top. Right. Yes. I mean, that, that you're getting the full experience there. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I told my wife. I said, if I would have done the Appalachian trail first, I probably wouldn't have wanted to do a second one. So <laughs> And if you had done the CDT, according to uh, Ginger Balls, if you'd done that one first, you, you wouldn't have finished the CDT and you wouldn't have wanted to hike uh, a long trail ever again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like a CDT, I feel like you kind of got to earn earn your way to get there. You know, it's like, you know, it's the Mac Daddy. You, you got you to gotta get your trail legs at the other two before you earn your CDT badge. That's a fair point. Now, what I've heard from other folks who have done the AT and then the PCT, they did the AT first and then the PCT, is another major difference is the state of California is very long. Yes, I will uh, say the Appalachian Trail was nice to have those, those little markers like, all right, I'm hitting a new state today. California was very long. It's like Northern California was just like never ending. And I feel like, uh, I think it was Mount Shasta maybe Mount Rainier. I can't remember. You, you just have this one mountain that you're looking at for days and days. Shasta. And days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Shasta. And it's just yeah. like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, what the hell? So yeah, Northern California can be a little daunting. Yeah. I think unless you're a cartographer in my mind, once you, once you get out of the Sierras, I'm like, you're almost to the border. All right. Yeah. You, you, okay. I, I'm close to the, the border. That's not the case. That's, that not is so, that is so not the case. No, not even close. <laughs> You're a long way still. All right. A little over halfway there. All right. Give, give me a story from the AT. Oh, geez. 
so many. Um, I don't know. Grayson Highlands lives up to the hype. I mean, that place is just amazing. Uh, I kind of had it on a, a dreary, rainy day, but it kind of cleared up for me towards towards camp, and I had an awesome sunset there. And just all, you know, the ponies, you know, and there's like baby ponies. I don't know if there's a name for those, but they're just so damn cute. So that was awesome day. Um, just you sitting and sitting, sitting, watching the sunset with all the ponies and, and the baby ponies. Yeah. And there's uh, some long horn steer that are, you know, roaming up there too. It's just like, just amazing. But you always see everybody else's pictures and it doesn't do it justice. You, you're there and it's like, all right, I did it. I made it here. This is cool. Um, I think I, I just had a couple good side trips. Um, like I went whitewater rafting down the Nolichucky River uh, in Tennessee. I uh, did a rafting trip down um, down the Nandahala at the NOC. Um, just just had a lot of good good fun side trips on the AT too. Nice. All right. So you finish off the AT. When when did you let's let's go over the dates here. Get the stats in here. When did you when did you start the AT? Uh, I started, I was supposed to start April, um, April 30th, but lost my phone on the train from DC to Harper's Ferry. <laughs> and that was a whole fiasco. I had to go and find my phone. That took pretty much a day. So ended up starting on the 1st of May and finished, um, finished September 24th. Okay. How many, how many zeros? Uh, I only did 11 zeros. And five of those were in New York City. My wife came and uh, we went and spent four days in New York City. So that was nice, which actually worked out really well. I had had really bad poison ivy like the week before, like literally shoulders to knees everywhere. But my crotch was covered in poison ivy and uh, it was good, good timing to get off trail. I was just lathered up in the, the calamine lotion for four days. <laughs> it was really Really attractive. Now, Snazzy, I ask you for stories from the AT, and you go with the ponies on the uh, the Grayson Highlands. You don't talk about the the poison ivy story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shoulders to toes. It was horrible, horrible. I bet those short shorts didn't help you out too much then. No, no, I honestly, I just, I, I wanted to just hike naked because everything was just itching me. Now, how was there poison ivy on the trail? I mean, how did this happen? Honestly, I have no, I have no idea when I got it. I, I have no idea, but I, I think I also had like some sort of allergic reaction to it because it just, it just spread and just crazy, and it was puffy everywhere on me, and it was bad. Yeah, I went off trail one time and encountered some poison oak, and on my legs, I was wearing shorts as well, and it was just my legs, just my shins, and that was that. It didn't show up for like a week. Yeah. And then when it did show up, it was there for like, I don't know, two weeks. It felt like, and it was, it was absolute misery. Oh my gosh. See, like, I think I, I have this theory. I think it must've happened like when I rinsed out my clothes somewhere and I might've hung my clothes on something. Cause it started at my waist, like my waistline. And I'm like, how did it, you know, how did it happen there? And I'm, I think I might've done something like that. So watch out for that. Good thing. You didn't hang your shorts up. Yeah, right. 
All right. So that's, that's a nice reward for your wife. The very supportive Mrs. Snazzy gets a, a five-day trip to New York City out of this. Yes. Did you take in a Broadway show with your, your Poison, poison Ivy? Uh, no, they weren't. They were still off Broadway. That's uh, okay. like that's like was a big reason we wanted to go. She was, you know, she was big into theater in high school and all that stuff. So we that's what we really wanted to do. But there was nothing going on while we were there. Mm-hmm. So we did the, we did a Statue of Liberty tour and checked out the. Um, I can't remember. Went to the top of one of those buildings and saw the skyline and checked out the 9/11 memorial and all that. So had you know did the touristy. New York city things. Fantastic. And was it there that you told her what's next for you or did you wait till you got back? (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, it's still in talks. It's still in talks. (laughs) And and let's, let's, uh, satisfy our listeners curiosity. What's, what's still in talks. What are we talking about here? Snazzy possibility of Uh, doing what? Well, yeah, it would be hopefully CDT 2023. That would be, you know, finish the triple crown. I turned 40 that year. So be a good way to, good way to top off. Nice. And that keeps with your, your schedule because, you know, 2019 was the PCT two years later was the AT and two years later, possibly the CDT. Yes. That would be ideal. Hit those odd numbers. They seem to be working good for me. That's right. Now, what, uh, what are you doing between now and then any other, maybe smaller, more manageable hikes uh, in your future? Um, nothing planned right now. I definitely want to get out this spring and try to get something out West. Um, I have a couple friends doing the CDT this year and some friends doing the Arizona trail. So I try to, I'd like to try to make it out there and maybe try to give them some trail magic and put some, put some miles on the ground, but nothing, nothing set in stone yet. Um, we just bought a sailboat the other day. So we, uh, going to keep us busy with that. Try to learn how to sail. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of, it was, we weren't looking for one. I uh, just was working at a couple's house and they were like, we're getting rid of this thing. It's super cheap. And it was super cheap. So it was a good deal. I couldn't pass it up. Well, I got some bad news for you, Snazzy. The, the price up front is is cheap, but it's it's all the work that goes into that sailboat yeah, that, that right. really adds up. Yeah, for sure. That's nice. what we said. We'll use it for a little bit and sell it. My sister, she may be listening to this. Uh, she lives... She lives with her husband right now in a boatyard in Mexico. They have, oh, they've, wow. they've got a, I think a 50 foot sailboat and they've done some serious sailing around the world. Not, not around the world, but in different parts of the world with the right. sailboat. And it's been in dry dock for the last uh, two or three years as they work on it themselves. And he, he welds and they, she paints and they, they I mean, they've been working on it forever. And that's, uh, what, that's what we're doing. It's we're a lot of work. To, yeah. We got it in the, in a warehouse right now. We're going to do some work to it. And, uh, get it on the water. Okay. So that's going to keep me busy for a little while and my wife entertained more importantly. All right. You put, you put any stock in the, in the triangle out there. You got to stay out of the triangle. Yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, we're going to stay within, I can see the shore. (laughs) Smart, smart. All right. Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Which was the, uh, the better trail PCT or the AT? Uh, to me, it was the PCT for sure. Uh, I mean, maybe because it was my first but just every day was a highlight honestly it was so great okay and the at at was more of a grind but it was i love i love the at um it's awesome it's just a just a different experience all right hey snazzy you know where we are 
uh, where, where is that? The pro tip time. Oh, look at you. Yes. You, you are a listener, you know, yes. We were at that time of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip inside of the week. What, what, what a bit of trail wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? Oh man, I guess one that I always enjoy. I mean, I haven't done it on my long hikes, but anytime I try to go on a shorter hike, I always try to take someone new, uh, take a friend, uh, that always makes it better. Share the uh, beautiful outdoor spaces we have with someone who maybe has never done it. You know, let them experience something new. Hook them up with some gear and let them suffer with you. Nice. I, it really tickles me. Is that you, you say on your shorter hikes, but I, I'd, I'd love to see that applied to the longer, the long, uh, you know, 2,600 mile hike. Just bring somebody yeah. new, drag them along. Yeah, right. Hey, you're going to have on, fun, buddy. buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to walk for like 15 miles. We're going to make camp, eat some dinner. We're going to go sleep. And then we're going to do that again, 170 more times. And you're, yes. you're going to be just fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Quit your job. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think they call that kidnapping. Yes. That would be a good name for it. Yes. <laughs> Great tip. Great tip. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Snazzy. I want to thank him for joining us this week. Snazzy, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures, including your, your latest sailboat adventures? Uh, yeah, actually, I probably should start a channel for that. Um, I'm on no, I'm Nobo Stone, N-O-B-O Stone on Instagram and YouTube. Um, uh, all my daily AT videos are up on that channel. And then all my PCT videos are actually on the Trex YouTube channel if you want to check any of those out. Um, yeah, I think that's it just uh, Instagram and YouTube. Okay. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Snazzy, no TikTok account? No, no. I'm like trying to spend less time on social media. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. If I didn't have a 21-year-old daughter who said, hey, dad, you got to get this on TikTok. It really, it'll really take off. I, I wouldn't yeah. be there either. So Honestly, it's just, it's literally to keep up with all my hiking friends. That's all I look at really. Nice. That, that's a good reason to have it. Yeah. Um, or if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me, John Freakamere at gmail.com. Snazzy, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, movie, documentary, website, uh, some kind of some sort of adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the trail in the off season. What do you have for us? Uh, I did just watch The Alpinist the other day. That was really good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. Um, yes. But that that was really good. Um, man, social media, I guess, I don't know if you ever heard of the black Latin. I love following him and what he's doing up at uh, Zion North. He's just, uh, he's a good dude. I, he's entertaining and just an inspiring guy. I like following him. Okay. All right. And before we wrap things up, I got one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? Um, uh, 2021, I was part of the Granite Gear Groundskeepers crew. Uh, just met, we went out and cleaned up trash on all the trails and waterways we were at. Uh, I picked up five over 500 pounds myself. Uh, I think the whole group was over like 4,000 pounds removed from all of our trails and waterways. Uh, and just, you know, when you are enjoying the outdoors, leave no trace, pack it out, dig your cat hole, you know, leave these places better for the next person. Well said. What was the most common item of the 500 pounds you picked up? Oh, 
just honestly probably just scraps and gear just dropped gear trekking poles and crocs and packed out a couple abandoned tents stuff like that and uh, unfortunately i didn't pack out all the toilet paper i said saw but that's probably what i saw most was just you know toilet paper on the side of the trail which is you know it's gross yeah (laughs) it sure it sure is now when you're out there when you're out there, do you, uh, you pack out your toilet paper? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I've got a pro tip for our folks out there. What I did last trip was I made a, I took a, a gallon Ziploc baggie and used duct tape to coat the outside of it. So you couldn't yeah. see inside of it. That was, that was the TP bag. Yeah. I always, I try to find the, the Ziploc seals that are like colored. So you can't see inside, you know, like a, you know, whatever makeup bag or whatever yeah nice take care of the trail it'll take care of you i'm, I'm surprised you didn't repurpose some of those those tents and, and maybe the crocs for your own use on the trail uh, a couple of the tents i did pack to the next hostel and you know they used them for you know rental tents for whatever people camping in the yard so a couple couple things did get repurposed uh, i did manage to return a couple crocs to the original owners and <laughs> a couple of things got returned but uh yeah that sounds like a Cinderella story. Are you asking uh, people to try this on? Hey, try this on. Try this on. Well, you, just, you get to a town and you see a croc sitting there and you're like, oh, I have the other half. And then, you know, someone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a wrap from the John Freaking Muir studio. Any shout outs to friends and family snazzing? Um, man, just my wife. She's the best. Um, my mom and dad, they're super supportive. Um, my brothers and sisters, they're great. All my friends you know, all my trail friends, Beats, Ibitat, Butter, Machine, Rabbit Rabbit. I don't know. I could go on. There's so many great people out there. So hey to all of them. Nice. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've got poison oak from your waist to your shoulders and you can't sleep a wink. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.